The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. This is the Pat Kenny Show with Anton in for Pat. I'm joined by the host of the Koi Gig podcast and Off the Ball's own Kathleen McNamee to talk sport. And we can't start anywhere but with congratulations to Spain and commiserations to England. Yes, Spain are the World Cup champions. A 1-0 win over England yesterday. Could have been more. They missed a penalty. Uh, Jenny Hermoso, Spain's all-time leading squirter, had her penalty saved by Mary Earp. She also won the Golden Glove for the whole tournament, so she has been a standout performer. But yeah, Olga Camona scoring for Spain. Quite a sad story. Um, She learned straight after the match that her father had passed away. He had died on Friday and they chose not to tell her until after the game on Sunday. So... Can you imagine being the heights of winning a World Cup, scoring the only goal for your side and then learning news like that? It's Well, I was awful. listening to um, Shane and Jonathan and John Duggan discussing that this morning on Breakfast. And when I heard the news, I assumed that her father had died potentially late on Sunday and they had held the news for a couple of hours. They didn't tell her for two days. Yeah, the family. I think he had suffered from a long illness and the family decided that it would be easier for her to go into the match not knowing the news and that was his last wish as well. So it was a collective decision made. But I also don't know how you break the news then after the fact, you know. At what at what point is a a good point to say something like that? But besides that, a great day for uh, Spanish football, first ever World Cup. They now hold the under seventeen, under twenty, and senior World Cup all at the same time in the women's game. You have Salma Parrello, uh the only player on the team who actually played in all three of those because she is so young and was one of the breakout players of the tournament. So you could just imagine how delighted she is with herself right now. Do you agree with Shane Coleman's analysis that the Spanish are technically a million miles ahead of almost everybody? else in the competition? Uh, I wouldn't, I'd say a million miles ahead. You look at the game they had against Japan and they lost 4-0 to them and Japan were one of the most technically gifted teams in the tournament. I think that England didn't show up yesterday. Those players can play a hundred times better than they actually did. Um, They looked really flat. They looked really nervous on the ball. They got their tactics totally wrong, I think, for the sort of high press that Spain have, which is unusual because Serena Wiegmann is known as like a great tactician. Um, But yeah, I think like and I don't know if you know the whole backstory of the Spanish team and the fact that like 15 of the players came out in September and said they were going to go on strike. Three of those players ended up playing yesterday. There's still a couple of them back home. There's a lot of like discussion about how close they are to the manager or not. And I think like Mappy Leon, one of the players they left behind, she's a world-class defender. If they had her, yes, they would be a million miles ahead of everyone. But because of the the debate that's been going on and all the background noise, we haven't seen... Uh, how amazing the Spanish team could be. And I think if they had, hadn't had had all that going into the tournament, a lot of more people probably would have had them as dead certs to win the tournament. And to what do you attribute England not showing up? I don't know. Like all the talk about it beforehand was that they had been in the final like the Euros last summer and that they knew how to win these big finals. But it didn't look like that on the night. It did look like the occasion had got to them. I think that like the Spanish style of football really didn't suit the way they formed, which is why they moved from like that 3-4-1-2 to a 4-3-3 at halftime. Like Serena Wiegmann made two changes at halftime. She has barely made a substitution all tournament until well into 80 minutes. So you could see that maybe they were all a little bit rattled by something like that. And Wiegmann blinked first and it just, it didn't work out for them on the day. Meanwhile, Premier League, interesting weekend, the Premier League. West Ham beating Chelsea 3-1 and Villa hammering Everton 4-0. Yeah, we've been doing predictions on off the ball and I have to say I got every single one of these wrong. I mean, Tottenham being United 2-0, that was something that I don't think anyone saw coming, but it could 
I think it marks maybe the exciting start of the Ampostacoglu range for Tottenham. Manchester United fans, however, will be a bit devastated. I mean, they haven't, that game against Wolves, even though they did get the points, they weren't exactly the team on top. Um, City getting a big win as well over Newcastle. That was a 1-0 win for them. Liverpool looked like they were in a little bit of trouble. Bournemouth scored within the opening three minutes and then that was chalked off due to a VAR review. But then a couple of minutes later, they scored again. But they managed to come back around and get that 3-1 win. So I think they'll be pretty delighted with themselves with that. And then we have Crystal Palace and Arsenal tonight at 8 o'clock. It's the final game of the weekend. And we've good news in the rugby, albeit friendly good news, but good news nonetheless. Andy Farrell's Ireland beating England. Yeah, a very, very comprehensive performance from them. And also great to see Keith Earl's 100th cap getting a try and a very spectacular try as well. He was very blasé talking about it afterwards. He's like, I've been doing this long enough to kind of know what to do. But it was a proper little swan dive from him that was very nice. Yeah, Ireland looked good. A few injury worries coming out of that game, which we'll have to track over the next while. Other big news was Vinopola getting that red card, which means he has to go to a disciplinary hearing. I think that's supposed to be tomorrow, the same day as Owen Farrell's one. Yeah, and on the topic of which, where are we at on the Owen Farrell thing? And which level of appeal has it currently gone to? So it's gone to World Rugby now. So World Rugby said that they were going to appeal the decision made by the Six Nations Disciplinary Committee, which is the one that kind of covers all of these games for outside of the actual World Cup tournament so they will appeal it and that will be happening tomorrow at some stage I think it's early tomorrow that's happening and I think Vinopola's is being rolled in so that England can get their two disciplinary Vinopola one is particularly bad for them because they don't really have a replacement player for him um, not a specialist in the way that he is so you would just wonder after a whole week of talking about Owen Farrell and the mess that it was and the fact he didn't even play at the weekend even though he could have if he wanted you would have been a little bit more careful. It was a really stupid tackle, tackle from Vinopola. Yeah, what's that Oscar Wilde line about losing one but losing yeah. two being careless? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Irish athletes in action today. Yes, we have Rashida Adetlecki. She is uh, competing later on today. And then we also have Charlene Mosley in her semi-final. Um, she was part of the relay team that finished sixth in the final on Saturday. We also have Kira McGeen competing tomorrow in her final. So definitely a lot of hope around the place that Ireland are going to get some medals out of them. Uh, Adetlecki in particular is really... I mean, we know she's a world star, but hearing uh, everything out of the athletics is like, it's not even just Irish journalists that want to talk to her. It's everyone from around the world because they see this girl as being the next big talent. One of her big competitors as well has is out of that. So that's going to be good for her in terms of getting that medal. What age is she? Early 20s, I think. And so far her record, you know? Uh, she so she only recently just turned professional. So she's been competing at collegiate level up until this. And the, the competition for, you, you said the ones to watch, Adeleke and uh, Maudsley, the um, competition they are facing, who would you rate? Uh, I think the Jamaican team is going to be very interesting, especially for the Shakari Richardson. She's the US and the battle against her and some of the, Ameri- or the Jamaicans is going to be very interesting. Brittany Wilson is the runner who I would have said for Adeleke, but she is out now. Um, and then one of the, the Paulson, that's the other big one in the Adelaide areas to look out for. Is this being televised anywhere? Yeah, it's all on Virgin Media. Which is uh, rare but wonderful. Yep. Um, Kathleen, thank you so much. That is Kathleen McNamee, who is a uh, host of the Koi Gig podcast and, of course, 
uh, from off the ball and has just returned from uh, Australia. How was Australia? Australia was amazing, yeah. Was it work, work, work or did you actually uh, get to have a bit of crack it when was, you were out there? It was a lot of work but also able to have a lot of crack over there. The Irish fans were incredible. I mean, I was so jealous at several stages that I was working and that I couldn't just join them but you wouldn't have known you were on the other side of the world at all. I mean, the chanting at the game, especially that opening game against Australia, you couldn't hear the Australian fans and even though the Irish were completely outnumbered about two to one, probably even more three to one, it was just Irish fans singing for the entire thing I mean the support that people put behind that team was incredible and so how many in terms of numbers how many Irish fans do you think travelled so the reports were there was like about 5,000 that travelled over from Ireland but then there was a lot of people that were already based in Ar- or in Australia that travelled like I met people in Sydney who'd come down to Melbourne just specifically for that game I had friends in Sydney who went to Brisbane just for a specific game so I think there were probably about 10-20,000 people already based in Australia that ended up turning up to the games We do do well on the whole diaspora We and do, fans we do. I mean I met one woman who managed to convince 14 members of her family to fly over from Ireland for the World Cup She'd been living in Sydney for about 20 years 14 members of one family to Australia? Yep, just for the World Cup by God, that's putting money where your mouth yeah, is, Yeah, exactly. It? <laughs> well, it is lovely to have you back, Kathleen. Thank you so much. That is Kathleen Magnum. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.